What up, what up? What's going on, guys? I'm doing a little solo episode today. I actually have a couple of things lined up, but we're going to do this first because... What's that fucking noise? Something's rocking on my table. It's, oh, don't mind that. Um, because, because I went to go see the water champ, the personality champ, the main mommy herself, Chris Jeanza, in New York City. I went to go see Christina Pazinski perform live at the Gramercy Theater. And it was pretty cool. But, you know, New York is such a funky fucking place that I feel like you can make it a podcast just about the time spent there. And I didn't spend a lot of time there because... It was fucking cold. Wow. Wow. It was really fucking cold. It was 30 30 degrees or something like that. And we walked from Penn Station to Gramercy and then, you know, back again. We didn't take any Ubers or or anything like that. And, you know, my wife is such a big fan of the city. Uh, You know, she's way cooler than I am. And I don't, I don't fucking like it. I just don't like it. It's not, it's gross. You know, I'm talking to her and she's like, you know, I feel like I could live here for like a year. And it's outlandish to me, like, to think for a moment that I could live someplace where there's fucking hobos. There's beds on the sidewalk. We walk by a twin size mattress on the fucking sidewalk. Uh, dude sleeping inside the lobbies of Chase Bank. I didn't even know that was, I'm like, what is, how do you, what is, what happens? How do you do that? You need a Chase Bank card to open the door. They have a, they have a, an account. And part of the deal with the account, when you sign up, you get fucking one week free sleeping in the lobby. And I'm not knocking the dudes that are doing it. You know, I'm just blown away when I see that. So to me, when she goes, oh, yeah, I could sleep. I could I could live here for a year. I can't live someplace where I walk. But, and there's just hobo after hobo after hobo everywhere. Everywhere there's hobos. Uh You know, I remember one time. Me and my boy, John, are walking, this is years ago, we're walking through the city, and all of a sudden, we come across this window where there's this really cool Lego setup, but it's like a bar, a bar that somebody just made a Lego setup in the window, New York City, someplace in between wherever the fuck we were, and probably uh, Penn Station. So, I go, John, come here, look at this, look at this, and we're looking at the the Legos. I don't even remember why we were there, to be totally honest. Um, well, either way, we're walking by. We're coming back. I see this Lego thing. I go, John, check out this Lego thing. He comes over. It's pretty cool. Next thing you know, we walk another 20 feet, 
and we hear, hey, yo, John, can I get a dollar? And we're going, what the fuck? <laughs> what was, who was that? There's nobody on the, we turn around and there's a dude. You know how there's these giant piles of garbage on the streets in New York City? These giant black bags where all the rats are. and all, Some dude has jammed himself in the center of these bags. And this dude had to be fucking with us because this had to be. This is before when when flash mobs were getting big. Everybody was doing this like a social experiment. What this guy did was he took shredded newspaper. You know how you would take long, you would shred long strips, long strips of newspaper, one by one by one. And then what he did, what he's he's he takes all these these newspaper shreddings and somehow fashions them around his head like a lion's mane of shitty strips of newspaper. But I mean, the amount of time that it would have taken somebody to do that. So it's just this black dude and there's all these black garbage bags and there's just his face sticking out of the bags with a lion's mane around it. So he's perfectly camouflaged because I didn't see this shit. It was dark out. We had to look around for where the voice came from. And all of a sudden we realized, hey, yo, John, can I get a dollar? That was a, a fucking floating head, a floating lion's head in the middle of a bag of garbage. <laughs> I had never seen anything so fucking terrifying. It was terrifying. And we looked him dead in the face and I think both of us screamed, what the fuck? And then we ran away from him as if he was going to attack. He never moved. It was just a face. And I remember for the longest time we're going, how did he know your name? How did this fucking man in the garbage, the garbage, the garbage lion man, how did he know your name? And we had said it like 20 feet before that at the Lego window. He was listening. He knew his name was John because I said, John, check out these Legos. He said, John's got a fucking dollar. I'm going to ask <laughs> New York City is always filled with shit. You can't go there without having an experience every time. Something bizarre. My wife's yelling at me because as we're walking to Gramercy, I'm trying to cross the street and I hear, you motherfucker, da, 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 da. somebody's shouting, but with a fight tone, you know, so I can't, I'm not going to, I got to, I got to see the fight. What's, who's fighting? I got to see the fight. And she goes, come on, babe. And I'm going, no, somebody's fighting. She goes, we're in the middle of the road. Let's go. Somebody's always fighting. Okay, yeah. Yeah, New York City, somebody's always fighting. The shit you see. I had only been there for... If I got on the train, I caught the 450 from Woodbridge. I was probably there by 6. And then the show was at 8. But I showed up 45 minutes early. So I walked the streets for an hour and 15, and then after the show, we we boogied out of there. Couldn't have been more than like a half an hour walk. And when I'm telling you, the shit that I saw in an hour and 45 minutes, puddles of puke everywhere, everywhere. That's why I can't live there. 
the trash, the homeless people, the giant rats, the puddles of puke in the street. I'm pretty sure weed's not legal in New York City. And if it's not, get your fucking shit together. You're not stopping people from smoking in New York City. I'm walking, and every so many feet, I'm getting hit in the face with with just some sort of sour something something. Just, you know, a cloud of that fucking ganja smoke. Constantly. Walking by dudes posted up against the wall. Manhattan. Smoking weed. Legalize this shit. What are you doing? You're not fucking stopping anybody. Unbelievable. It's so goofy. You know, here it's like in New Jersey, if you get caught smoking weed, you're getting. And so you don't walk down the street. At least not everybody walks down the street smoking it. There seems to be no fear of anything. And how could there be? There's so many people you're dealing with. with just the numbers are out of control. How are you going to catch the people who are smoking? I remember being a young man and going to the city. It's a lot. I, you know, I, I went to the city a handful of times, but the stories that I have. I went to the city and I remember my outfit from this. I remember my outfit from this day because me and my friends went to the wax museum, which is super fucking touristy to do to go to Madame Tuchode's wax museum. Uh, but that's where we were going. And I had a Breaking Bad shirt on. It was a really dope. I don't know what happened to that shirt. It's a very cool shirt. Um, and I remember that because of the pictures. And I looked corny. Man, I just fucking look stupid. And I'm walking to Madame Tuchode's Wax Museum. And, you know, you'll get stopped by these dudes that, you know, you want to buy my mixtape. You want to fucking do this. I don't know if it's still like that. It probably is. We showed up at night, so every, everything was shutting down. All the tables where they sell stuff, which bummed me out because I have this hat on now. I didn't have this hat on last night. I looked fucking stupid last night. I had this beanie. It was so cold. It's, it's so cold you can't look cool. Um, so I was kind of hoping I'd find one of those little vendors, those little tables to sell you a hat, but I didn't. But this day was summertime. T-shirt, shorts, walking to Madame Tuchode's. And this dude comes up to me and he goes, yo, man, you want to buy some fruit snacks to support education in our communities? And he's trying to sell me Welch's group snack or fruit snacks. And I go, no, 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 I'm fine. Thank you. Nobody, I wasn't rude. You know, I just said, no, thank you. I'm all right. And he goes, man, you're fucking corny. Just like that. No, thank you. I'm fine. You're fucking corny, man. This guy's out here selling fruit snacks on the streets of New York City on his hot ass day. That wasn't for education in our communities. It wasn't for that. Whatever it was for. I'm not going to assume that the man was was buying, you know, drugs or something like that. I mean, I, you know, if I was on the streets of New York City selling fruit snacks and it wasn't for education, it's probably for drugs, but that's just me. 
but it hurt so bad that he called me fucking corny in front of my friends. I don't know what I don't know what I said. It must have been so traumatic I just blocked out the whole experience. I don't remember what happened. But it hurts so bad. This dude's on the street selling fruit snacks, Welch's fruit snacks. Welch Welch's didn't give you permission to do that. You're not out here on behalf of Welch's and schools in our community. He didn't even have a polo on. He's obviously corny. I was with my friends wearing a dope-ass Breaking Bad shirt going to see some wax people. That's not corny. But it hurt, man. It hurt so much I never forgot it. It was a long time ago, maybe eight years ago or, not, or, or, or seven years ago. Never forgot it. I was such a bitch, too. I, you know, after whatever I said was very minimal. Yeah, whatever, man. Kept walking. The rest of the walk to Badam Tuchos, all I'm doing is thinking about, man, I should have fucking... You're fucking corny. You're selling fruit snacks. You're corny. Look at you. Stupid. But I never said that. There's always something, man. That wax museum is pretty cool. I don't care if it's touristy. Some of them are real. Some of them aren't. Some of them are real good. I remember Ozzy Osbourne. Man, they did such a good job with Ozzy. I wasn't buying it. I was afraid to go near him. I was afraid to take a picture with him because I thought he was going to jump scare me. Like, I thought he was real. And they had it set up so Ozzy was just like chilling as a display. And then when you went to take a picture, he'd go, ah. But that's not what happened. It was a wax figure. But it looks so good. Some of them don't look good, though. Some of them are real bad. They actually had to get rid of the Justin Bieber wax figure shortly after I was there because people kept hitting it. I myself have a picture of me choking them. Some people took it a little further. They would strike him. And he's only wax, so, you know, you got to commission somebody. To, I don't know if it's Madame Two Choats herself that does it. Or you got to hire an outside company to come in and, and touch up Mr. Bieber after somebody hits him with the right straight. But they got rid of him after a while. It's a cool place. The city is just crazy, though. It's a crazy place when you get that many people together. It's so fucking disgusting. It was SantaCon. So everywhere you look, there's just drunk Santas. I high-fived a Santa. You know, he ran by and he jumped up and he clicked his heels together in the air and landed it. And he looked at me for uh, reaffirmation. Is that a word? Affirmation? He looked at me to see if I liked that shit. And I gave him the nod, and he reached out for the high five, so I gave him the high five. Santas were everywhere. On the train to go home, I was looking into the other train window, because <clears throat> what I like to do is I like to make eye contact with somebody. And then I like to give them the finger. But I know they're on that train, I'm on this train, there's no way you're getting off to come over here. 
but just in case, I usually wait till it's starting to move a little bit, and I'll go. And it's not because I dislike them. It's just like, you. when do you have the opportunity to really just look somebody in the eyes? And nothing's coming next. You turn over, you see that? Somebody's looking you dead in the eyes from another train. Your train's moving. They're giving you the finger. Number one, can't do anything about it. Oh, my. Can't do anything about it. And number two, you even if you could, you probably wouldn't because a man that looks you in the eyes and just, you haven't done anything wrong to him, just drops that one on you. Just drops that that center stick and stares you right in your eyes. He knows something you don't know. There's a whole spectrum of things he could know that you don't know that would make him just do that. And I don't even mean he might know jujitsu. You know, he might know what you did. This guy in this other train, he's looking at you dead in the eyes. He's giving you the finger. He knows what you did. And you know what you did. But so does he. And you don't want to go check that out. So I play off that. Poof. Dropping the old center stick, just staring her soul. Giving the slow nod. I know what you fucking did, because we all did something. So I'm looking through this window and their train starts to go. And all of a sudden I catch a glimpse of a Santa, a Mrs. Claus. And she's in between the train cars, posted up, hands on the walls, yakking, just yakking, tossing up that Xmas eggnog all over the floor. I'm going, fuck, man. The thing about seeing people do that type of shit is when you've been through something and you see people doing that, it brings you back to moments where you've done that. Every moment when you've hugged the toilet and prayed to the toilet gods. Every moment when you were sick and drunk but far from home and it was cold out. Just watching Mrs. Claus. I mean, these trains were packed, man. Every seat was taken. You were sitting next to strangers. And the whole center was filled with a line of people standing. People were giving up their seats. I didn't give my seat up. I was sitting next to my wife. I could have gave it up to another chick and stuff. But, oh, man. You know when you spend more time thinking about being a good person and whether or not you should do it? And then the moment just passes and you never do it? Guy sitting next to me bought the wrong train ticket. And the conductor came over and started giving him shit about it. And he tries to pay with his card. And he's like, we don't take card. And he's like, I don't have any cash. And the guy's like, you sure you don't have? And the whole time he's asking him, I'm sl- I know I got $20 burning a hole in my pocket. I got some singles too. All he needs is like $4 and 50 cents. And I'm just watching this situation. Like, should I get a, just be a good, and I wouldn't have costed me anything. I didn't spend that much that night. I'd have been all right. 
but I spent so long thinking about being a good guy that, you know, the dude found $5 in his back pocket and he was all right. I could have made a friend. Who knows what that guy was about? He might have liked what I was about. We could have shot the shit. It was a long train ride. But I missed that opportunity. So I did the same thing. I didn't let these girls have my seat. New York City, though, man. It's a strange place. You spend so much time looking up, you don't realize all the puke on the ground and the rats that are the size of small cats and the homeless people. We've reached a new weird place, too, where it's like even the homeless people have cell phones. Yeah, strange that is to see. Homeless people tapped into Wi-Fi, chilling under blankets on a twin-size mattress on the street, scrolling through their Instagram feeds. The fuck? But that's how it is. You could hook up to that Dunkin' Donuts Wi-Fi, or Dunkin', just Dunkin', they're not Dunkin' Donuts anymore. Hook up to that old Dunkin' Wi-Fi. What does it cost you? You got the phone, you got the charger, you're solid. Everywhere. Homeless people just plugged into outlets on the side of the walls and shit. It's a weird place. This is when my wife says that she could live there. Ah. <sighs> So much trash, so much aggression. Like I said, it's constantly somebody's fighting every two seconds. Calling you corny for not buying their Welch's fruit snacks. Dressing up like paper mache lions. Everybody's got to ask you for fucking money. And if you're a bleeding heart like I am, you're a sucker like I am. You want to give these motherfuckers something. I feel terrible. I know what it's like to be homeless. That's the other thing, too, is it reminds you of too much shit. Like I said, not only does Mrs. Claus puking in the corner remind you of when you were puking far from home, but these homeless people remind me of when I was homeless and it was cold. Can't be around all that sadness, man. Can visit for a night, maybe. Place is a fucking... Well, I was going to say it's a money hole. Oh, man, you know what I fucking did? Damn. You know what I did? This really upset me. I wish I hadn't done it. And I wish I was just. I, I didn't. Int- all right. All right. All right. Let's let's rewind it a little bit. You know what I did? We get off at Penn Station, off the train. We're ready to go explore the city. Before we do, I grab a coffee and my wife grabs a chocolate croissant. Comes out to seven fifty. Wow. Okay. That's cool. No problem. Chocolate croissant, a little coffee. Wasn't a bad coffee. It was a good coffee. My wife's over there talking about how good that croissant is. I had a bite. It's not that good. But when you're in the city and you pay seven fifty for that 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 little pair there of coffee and chocolate croissant, you know, there's a defense mechanism in your in your brain that goes, Well, this is the best one we've ever had. It was worth it. This is the best croissant we've ever had. Cause it better be for seven fifty, but it wasn't. But that's all right. No big deal. You walk out into the streets trying to navigate with iPhone maps. It's a bad move. Start heading where we're supposed to be heading, and we start passing by. Dollar twenty-five a slice. A dollar a slice. Pizza joints. And these things start to come together, and you realize, like, you could be homeless in the city. That's why there's so many homeless people in the city. I don't know how long you could have a twin-size mattress on the, on the sidewalk before you get kicked out. But somebody hooks you up with a dollar, 
and you end up someplace that's got an outlet outside and a Duncan next door with some Wi-Fi, you're charging your phone, you're under the blankets, you're scrolling your Instagram, you're eating a dollar slice. That's a Friday night. That's a, fr that's a Friday night for me. It's a little chilly. Bundle up. Put your cup to the side. People still toss shit in it. And when your phone runs out of battery or you don't have that outlet, look around you. There's entertainment everywhere. Lion men. Welch's fruit snacks. Galore. That's why there's so many homeless people in the city. So I walk into this pizza place. Man, I feel so bad. I still feel bad about this. And my, my energy's high, you know, because New York City, you got to talk to him a certain way. So this is Mexican guy behind the counter. I walk in, you know, hit him with the, oye, papi. He says some shit back to me in Spanish. You know, my wife is clearly Spanish. I could be Italian, Spanish, something, something. So he assumes. He rattles off some bangers in Spanish. Don't know what he says. It's cool, though, because we're kind of, it's just a, a flow, right? So I walk up to the thing and I go, let me get a slice of this and a slice of this. He goes, okay, that's it. You don't want nothing to drink? Nothing to drink. I'm good. He goes, okay, $6. In my mind, I'm thinking, slice is a dollar, dollar twenty-five. What? But I think he's fucking with me because we're in that banter, right? We're in that quick speak. We're in the city. He thinks I'm Spanish. We think, you know, there's a connection. So I'm like, he's fucking with me. I say, no, man, come on, you're killing me. He goes, no, that's what it is, that's what it is, come on, come on. You know, but he's still smiling, he's still joking, so I'm like, okay, man, this guy's just fucking with me. I said, no, I can't do six, I got a five, I'm looking to break the five, looking to break the five, right? 250, give me 250 back, you know, wah, wah, I'll toss some change in a, in a tip jar for you, maybe a single. His hand stays out. He's still looking for that extra single. What the fuck is this? I go, no, 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 $5, that's all I got. And the wife slaps me in the butt. Come on, babe, give him $6. What are you doing? What are we fucking, you feeling charitable? What are we doing here? Did I just get bullied into giving this man uh, $3.50 extra? Did I just pay the price of my pizza over again and then some? Ugh. You know, but if your wife gives you that strong arm, tells you to do something, you just got to, sometimes you got to do it. Unless it's, it's either that or hashtag men go their own way. So, okay. Give the man $6. I stand around. He gives me my pizza. I walk away disappointed. Not two steps from the door do I realize it's $1.25 for a plain slice of pizza. And I just ordered a slice of fucking chicken bacon ranch and baked ziti. Penne pizza. At $3 a slice, that's still a steal. But I insulted this man. I felt so bad. I don't know. It was too quick. I, I, I came off as smooth. I was really just nervous because the social interaction, you know, with just basic things like paying for shit at a counter, they're weird for me. 
I always handle them well, but they're always sprinkled with a little weirdness. And you go to New York City, there's Santa's in the fucking little, it's a little room. It's the size of my fucking studio. And there's Santa's everywhere. And you're boom, boom, boom. You're going fast. Dude's talking in Spanish to you. You hit him with the Oye Papi and the Narcos mustache. He thinks he knows what's going on. You know what's going on. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was wrong. I was wrong, man. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. You know, but what are you going to do? Go back in and apologize. Make shit weird. I thanked him, you know. Because I, you know what I think? I didn't realize it after I left. I realized it pretty fucking close to paying. Like right before I had to pay. I mean, I'm sorry. Right before he gave me my slices and I had to leave. So I did manage to to thank him. I gave him an extra thank and, you know. And I figured he probably gets that shit, right? New Yorkers, never happy with the price. Ah, oh, you fucking killing me. Come on. What are you doing? You know how much a pack of cigarettes cost? I got to get a fucking Uber over here. So he probably gets that shit all the time. He probably thought I was an asshole, but. But that's how people are out there. My wife was telling me a story about how she got on to. <clears throat> How she got onto a bus when she was younger, and she thought that you could buy the ticket on this bus, but it was a special kind of bus. You couldn't do that. So the lady goes, ticket. And my wife goes, I don't have a ticket. I thought I could buy it on the on a, on a train, on the bus. And the lady says something to the effect of like, no, you can't. Fuck you, but sit down. You know what I mean? Fuck you, but sit down. All right. So that's how New Yorkers are. You know, they don't have a, everything's too fast. You say the first thing you're saying and the first thing you're feeling, or the first thing you're, you're thinking and the first thing you're feeling. First thing you're thinking is fuck you. Then you're feeling empathy. So it's sit down. Fuck you, sit down. Fuck you, thank you. It's a weird place, man. I remember when I was a young boy, maybe 15, 16 years old, it was 420. And me and my friends had this idea that you could go to the city on 420. This is going to sound so stupid, but I believe this. I, I genuinely believed it, that you can go to the city on 420 and that you could, they would drop weed, they would drop weed off from helicopters. I believe this. Me and my friends believe this. So, we went to our drug dealer's house. We, we, we cut school. We go to her house. Uh, we don't have any money. Besides for train tickets, so we, but we want some weed for the, you know, before we get there and, and just something, just something to start off the day. So she goes, you do my dishes and clean my living room and, and I got you. So cool. We do that. She gives us enough for a few joints and then she drops us off at the train station. We had a relationship like that. She was very cool. So we get to the city and we don't know, we've done no research. You know, we get to the city 
and we just start walking. And since we think that helicopters are going to drop weed off, we start following any helicopter that we see. Now, something must have been going on because the first helicopter we saw hovering in any particular spot brought us to Battery Park. But, 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 check this shit out. We were not the only people that thought helicopters were going to drop off weed because we would bump into other 15, 16-year-old crews at Battery Park, and they would see us, and we would see them, and we knew we were looking for the same thing. So we'd have a little communication, and they'd say, yeah, we're looking for wherever the weed drop-off is. So we weren't the only ones. This was a fucking thing that people thought in 2005, 2006, maybe 2007. Not 2006. People thought this. So they go, we hear it's not here. We've been told it's not happening at Battery Park, but it's happening in Central Park. So now we walk from Penn Station to Battery Park, from Battery Park to Central Park. We get there, and it's not happening there either. And somebody tells us it's happening at Washington Square Park. And we start to see helicopters in that area for whatever reason. It was not connected. But to us, that was confirmation. It's happening there. It's got to happen there. We check these two parks. It's not there. We got to go all the way to Washington Square Park. So we do that. Walking all the way. No taxis. No taxis. Just the residual effects of the weed that we smoked before we got there. Carrying us from park to park. Sobered us up pretty quick so we get to Washington Square Park and there is something going on there's people they're smoking you know by themselves in little groups but there's a lot of them and people are handing out blunt wraps you know if they've got a company and they're trying to promote that company they're going around and they're giving free samples so we got we showed up there and we didn't have any weed, but we had a bunch of wraps. So I forget how we get our first little batch. Um, I think we're talking to some kids. We have the same conversation about helicopters. They think the same thing. We tell them we don't have any weed. They go, how much money do you have? We had five, maybe eight. I think we had $8. Gave them $8, and they reached into this bag. They had one sack, one Ziploc, like a, like a Ziploc freezer bag filled with blunts, and then another Ziploc freezer bag filled with weed. They were all the way to the top, but it was substantial. So they dig in that bag, and they rip us off a big chunk. They give it to us for eight bucks. We send my cousin into the bathroom at Washington Square Park with some of those wraps, the clear ones. We had clear blunt wraps. Can't be good for you. Looked like cellophane. Tasted like it. Sent him in there. Sits on the bathroom floor. People are coming in and out. And he's just on the floor rolling a blunt. Comes back. There's this wall. A short wall. You can hop up and sit on it in Washington Square Park. And everybody was sitting on it. By the time he was done, they were all smoking weed. So... While he was in there, we actually talked to some old dudes, these old biker dudes, who said back in their day, helicopters used to drop off weed in the park on 420. 
Now, I know that's not historically true because I looked it up. And I don't know. I guess they were just fucking with us because we were dumb. But that frustrated us. He said, they don't do it anymore. Let me go, damn, that's it. This this whole thing's a bust. I said, you know what? No, it's not. I had a Sharpie. I dug in a garbage can. I found a pizza box. I took the pizza box, folded it open, wrote, where's the weed at? Dragged a garbage can in front of me, put the pizza box on top of it so you would be able to read the signs you walk by. And I sat behind the garbage can, me and my buddies. So my cousin comes out and we start smoking. And there's cops in this park, but they don't care. They're just walking by, not giving a shit. So we're sitting behind this where's the weed at pizza box, smoking this cellophane blunt. And we kind of took a gamble because we didn't have a lot of weed, but somebody sitting next to us clearly wanted to smoke. So we passed them this 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 blunt and they smoke it and they go, do you mind if our boys have it? We go, no, you know what? It's cool. So they just start passing it. As this is happening, this sign is attracting people to sit on this wall with us until the whole wall is filled with people. And since we freely circulated our blunt, they all started pulling out what they had because they were all in it for the same thing. So they start freely. Things are just passing by. We're just smoking them. 16 years old, we don't know what's in this. We're just smoking them. 50 people sat on a concrete wall. Me and my friends, dead in the center, behind a garbage can. Where's the weed at? Smoking whatever was handed to us. Next thing you know, it's on. People that have, you know, I guess journalists for small newspapers are coming up, asking us if we mind if they take our pictures. They're snapping our photos. We're posing behind the where's the weed at box. They're telling us it's going to be in the front page of some local, you know, shit magazine, shit newspaper, whatever. We ended up getting so high. We smoked with everybody. And there's a band playing in the background. And it was no coincidence at all that they were playing reggae and ska the whole time. Reggae and ska. And we're just sitting there smoking with all these strangers. You know, bikers, all flavor of hippie. All just together. Every gangster kid. Every punk rock kid. Everybody. So, you know, there may not have been any weed drop off from helicopters, but it was fucking cool. That was like my second 420 ever or something like that. So anyway... Back to why I'm talking about this, there to see uh, Christina Pazinski play at the Gramercy, not play, she's not a musician, perform at the Gramercy Theater. So we get there 45 minutes early. Now check, this shit is wild. This shit is wild. I can, we passed by a lot of places that were selling beer for like four or five bucks. And I just said, you know what, man, I don't want to stop in these places until we find Gramercy because I had never been there before and we were on foot. And we were making good time, but the amount of times you get turned around in the city because you'll be walking down a street looking for a specific number, and the numbers will be going up. So if the number is like 625, that's where you're going. And you're passing, there's 600. There's, you know, there's a 601. 
they're 603, they're 605. And then all of a sudden it, it, it starts going down. The numbers start going down before you ever get to where you're supposed to be. So now you're turned around. You got to stop. You got to turn on Apple Apple Maps, which is bullshit. And you got to try to figure out in this map like what's going on. Then it turns out if you keep going down and you cross the street onto the next block, the numbers will start going up again. So because of shit like that, I was just a little bit worried. Didn't want to stop at these four or five dollar beer places, which would have been acceptable. But instead, what ends up happening? We get to the Gramercy, and I go, all right, now that we're here, let's just go in. Let's go in early, 45 minutes early, and uh, I'm going to get some beer. We're just going to hang out here and talk. So you're supposed to be seated by someone. They'll look at your ticket. They'll bring you to your seat. My wife goes to talk to that person. I veer off. It's a small place. You'll be able to find each other, especially when you're 45 minutes early. There's only three other people in the whole building. You'll be able to find each other. So I walk over to the bar, buy myself an $8 uh, Paps Blue Ribbon, turn around, start looking for the wife. I see some girl that kind of looks like my wife, but the hat looks a little bit different from a distance and can't be her because she's sitting in the front row and that's not where we are. So, okay. So I turn around, start looking for her now. And all of a sudden I hear, babe. I turn around and look back to this girl in the front row. It's my wife. It's my wife. Not only are we front row, we're front row and center. We're the closest people to Christina Pruszynski. You could reach out and slap the stage. I don't know. We didn't know that. We didn't know we were going to be sat there. When I went to go see Joe Rogan at Madison Square Garden, I was in the nosebleeds. Joe was just a little fuzzy chimp-hating motherfucker on the stage way far in the distance. I couldn't. I couldn't. It was hard to see him. He was very fuzzy looking. And, but, I mean, I, I was right there. I could see I could see redness in her eyes. I could see everything. I could see if she ran her fingers through her hair and knocked a hair loose, you'd see it float to the ground. So we're sat there for a while and man. It was so cool because as the place starts filling up, you start having conversations with people that are sitting next to you. <laughs> And this one lady starts talking about her Instagram and how she loves following Christina on Instagram and loves all these edits that are made, these photoshops that are made. And if you've been listening to my show, then you know I've had all these folks on from the Comedy Content Collective, uh, Joe of Photoshopped as Fuck, Chase Lepard of Chase Lepard, Nathan from Drawn from the Mind, you know, all these guys. All these guys, Magnum Memes and Oh My Desus and Bleach Media and all these, all these dudes. You know, I get to be in a chat with them and I get to see this art, you know, because a lot of the times they'll kind of bounce it off each other. I don't even fucking belong in there. They were nice enough to add me because they're sweethearts. And to me, it's a cool place to be because I get to sit back and look at all these, these awesome things that are made and these hilarious conversations. These guys are so funny. They're so funny. But... 
I go, um, oh, I'm actually, <laughs> I go, I'm actually, yeah, yeah, I'm actually friends with those guys. And she goes, yeah, okay, that's cool. And I, I wanted to be like, I just wanted to go on. I wanted to elaborate, but, you know. But it is weird. It's weird to hear that. You know, there's another guy. At some point, he shouts out, uh, shaving a murderer. And I got to, I believe that was, I believe shaving a murderer was a uh, an edit made by Chase Lepard, I am pretty sure. Um, and as he's shouting that out, he's shouting that out to Christina on the stage. And I'm sitting next to him. And I saw that edit when it first happened, you know. And it doesn't speak anything about me. It just speaks to how, like, weird it is. Like, it's so cool to be able to see what this group is doing. And then to see one of the comedians who they're doing it for right in front of me. And then hear the references. And it was it was unbelievable. Yeah, shaving a murderer. There you go. Um But all the all the all the reference. If you haven't watched your mom's house, shut my uh, podcast off, and go listen to your mom's house, and then come back. It's an excellent podcast. It's one of my favorites. It's it's absolutely one of the motivating factors for me even doing my podcast in the first place. Tom Segura and Christina Pazinski are two hilarious stand-up comedians who uh, have their own podcast called Your Mom's House, and it's just about farts. And 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 poop and stupid stuff it's the best it's the best and there's so many one-liners and you know as soon as she comes out the whole crowd goes good morning julia you know she starts dropping shit are you guys ready to go full throttle <laughs> she was great man uh the host was great the opener was great christina was great she was on fire. It's great to see her loose because I watched the uh, Netflix special Mother Inferior, loved it, and watched The Degenerates, loved it. But I think of The Degenerates, I think that crowd um, had to sit through all that stand-up. And I think by the end of it, they were a little bit tired. And I think the crowd has a lot to do with whether or not you get into a, a kind of a flow state. And, man, the crowd loved her at the Gramercy. And she was on a roll, on a rampage. She was flowing. She was going full throttle. It was so fun, man. And I was honored. She used me for a little bit of uh, crowd work, a little bit of banter. She talked to me. I forget what she said. She said, um, you, sir, do you have any kids? And I, uh, I go, yeah, I have a three-year-old boy. And uh, she goes, oh, okay, it's the same age as Ellis, because she's got a little boy named Ellis. And I so desperately wanted to go. I also have a podcast. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't. Man, she did great, though. And then after that, it was just this mad shuffle. I think she went up for another show, honestly. 
I'm pretty sure she she did uh she did back to backs there. It was so crazy to be that close. It was so crazy, and it's just so weird to see somebody like that. That is, you know, in a lot of ways, it's it's somebody that I idolize, and they're right in front of you. And then she uses you for crowd work, and you're like, oh, this is so fucking cool. Just stupid. But I think uh, I want to go see Tom Segura is coming to, I think, Atlantic City in June. Definitely want to do that. You know, because there's those guys. It's Tom Segura, Christina Pazinski, it's Joe Rogan, it's Joey Diaz, and then it's Brian and Brendan. Those guys are the reason that I do this at all. You know, because without them, I wouldn't have known that this was a, a an option, a viable thing to do. Not because nobody was doing anything like it before them. It's just the people that I resonated with the most. And I don't know that I would have decided to do something like this without them. And it's not like this is some great successful thing, but it brings me a lot of satisfaction. It brings me a lot of joy. Uh, a lot of interesting things come because of it. And, uh, you know, it's great. But yeah, man, it was great to see. And then to uh, to scramble back out of there, back into the goddamn cold, whatever time at night it was. It wasn't that late. It might have been over by like 9.30. Something like that. Back to the fucking homeless people. And the the by this time, by this time, SantaCon is really tapering off. All the Santas are fucked up. When I was walking there, all the Santas were like happy and perky and jumping in the air, doing the little heel clicks. Now they're laying on the ground. You're looking around at some of the hobos. They're dressed up like Santa. And you're going, what the fuck happened? Did you show up as a Santa for SantaCon and decide to stay as one of the designated homeless? Is that what the homeless people in New York City are? They're just leftovers from SantaCon? Because I saw that shit. I saw some girl huddled up in the corner up against the building. But the thing about New York City is everything's so fast-paced, you're never going to stop and ask anybody if they're okay. And when it's 30 fucking degrees out, you're getting out of Dodge. All these Santa chicks in their skanky Santa outfits. It's fun when you first show up to the city. Right? High energy. Drinks in you. That's how you're keeping warm. Some time goes by. You're drunk. The energy tapers off. Now you're fucking cold. Now Mrs. Claus is feeling a draft. It's 30 degrees out, bitch. You fucked up. All these people out here in the city dressed as Santa Clauses. As much as it brings a lot of joy to me to see it because it's funny, you dumb. Because I was layered up and I was upset. And as you're walking, there's more puke puddles in there everywhere. When you first showed up. People are fighting. You get to Penn Station. <clears throat> Couples are arguing. Teenage Santa girls are passed out on each other's shoulders. I guess it's a good time dressing up like Santa. I don't know. Does it happen at a specific place, though? Is SantaCon happening in a building? Because why aren't you there? It's December. It's cold as fuck. You should be in that building. 
that was it, man. Got home. Went over to my boy's house. Still had, you know, some energy left. He had an expensive bottle of Jack Daniels. We had some drinks. Bought an insane amount of Kennedy fried chicken. And that was it, man. Called it a night. Beautiful night. Woke up this morning. Not feeling great. Coming down with a little bit of something. I don't think you go to the city and you escape scot-free. Those rats are messengers of death. They're all carrying some kind of bubonic plague or some shit. Coming down with something a little achy, but, you know, it'd be all right. Other than that, ma'am, it was a good time. It was a good time. New York City's a special place. Couldn't live there. Couldn't live there, but fun to visit. Fun to visit. So that's it, man. I just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about that. Uh, I do have a uh, another show coming up in a couple of hours. I'll be getting down with the full release pod. Uh, that's Mo Mandel and Ashley Winter, I believe. I got to double check on that. I don't want to say. I keep wanting to say Gwinter, but she's got a fucking. I think it's Ashley G. Winter. I'll, I'll tell you this right now. Uh, but I'll be doing that soon. Da, 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 da. Yes, Ashley Winter. Ashley Winter is a dick doctor. She knows about dicks. Uh, strictly in the medical sense. Well, she's also a female, so, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, a multi, it's a multi-layered understanding of penises. But So we're going to be talking about that. Eager to find out what these bumps are. And... Uh, Mo Mandel, Howie Mandel's uh, incredibly hairy nephew. I don't think there's any connection there, but they were on The Fighter and the Kid, and uh, I really enjoyed that episode, so I reached out, and they were nice enough to come on my show. So in a few hours, they're going to come on. I got some cool shit coming up, actually. Uh, tonight, the full release podcast. Tune into that if you're curious at all about dicks. If you have a dick, you want to know more about it, Tune into that. And uh, also, tomorrow, going live with Primal Soldier. Uh, it's a kettlebell expert that works at Onnit Labs. And uh, I almost want to give you his. You can find Primal Soldier. You'll find him on Instagram. He's a savage. Uh, so he's going to come on. We're going to talk about diet and nutrition and getting ripped. And uh, then later on in the week, I actually have a glass blower coming on a female glass blower i believe her name is haley we just settled on wednesday so it's a busy week for release to do haley haley cat glass on instagram so yeah got some cool shit coming up and um where's my can't see because this light's in the way but i think i got some more shit coming down the pipe too either way thank you for listening uh, head over to iTunes. Give me a fucking rating. Give me a, you know, I know of some people that left me a rating. And uh, and for some reason, iTunes just takes like a half an hour to get your shit to you. Or not a half an hour. It takes you fucking up to eight days. If I leave you a comment, you'll get that comment right now. If you go on iTunes and you leave me a review and you're like, I can't wait till Dave reads this. This is going to be funny. It could be eight days later. Get your shit together, iTunes. I can send you an email. You'll get that shit right now. But if I want to tell you your show is good on iTunes, I got to wait eight days. But either way, head over to iTunes. Leave me a review. 
leave me a, a, a rating. If it's a funny review, I'll read it on air and I'll put it up on Instagram. Uh, head over to Spotify. Give me a rating there. I don't really fuck with Spotify, but, you know, rate me wherever you want. It's cool, man. I like it. Um, and watch me on YouTube. That's good, too. You can see all my hand gestures, uh, my large knife that everybody likes to point out that I pick my nails with. Thank you. Um, and that's about it. So I'll see you guys in a couple of hours. I won't see anybody. I never see anybody. You guys will see me in a couple of hours, and we'll learn about dicks together. i got to come up with some good questions. Like I said, what's up with the bumps, uh, all that good stuff. So that's it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. I am your host, David Corbo, a.k.a. The Frog King. And until a few hours from now, uh, you know, peace. Oh, and this is the really shitty part of my video where I got to reach over and click end stream. Are you sure? Yeah.